Hello, everyone. This is Ragnar, uh, founder of Guns and Bitcoin. We'll get this Twitter spaces started. Um, so basically, we're talking about the pros and cons of uh, both Bitcoin and Monero, um, how they work together, what the trade-offs are. Um, maybe we'll talk about if Monero is a shitcoin or not, why it is, why it isn't. Um, basically, we just want to have an intelligent and fun conversation about this topic. Um, so as long as you're saying something that uh, isn't completely stupid, you can talk. If you are trolling or saying something totally idiotic, then we'll we'll kick you out. Um, but let's just make it a good good conversation where we learn something, teach something, and try to, I think, um, open everyone's minds. Try to um, really get down to actual facts and not just tribalism. Um, not just well, this is my favorite coin, whether it's Bitcoin or Monero. Um, and so the reason why we're doing this is because yesterday um, we tweeted that we're going to accept Monero now on our online store and that also we're going to have um, a talk given by Seth for privacy at our uh, next conference in April 2022 at our Barrams and Bitcoin conference. So we got a lot of positive, mostly positive uh, interaction with that. A lot of uh, good things said. A few people weren't too happy. So it's because of that amount of surprising um, engagement. A lot of engagement, at least for us, we, we have a small Twitter account, but because of that large amount of engagement, I decided, well, let's do a Twitter spaces. Um, there's obviously some interest um, in this. So that's what we're going to do. So we'll go for a half hour unless people want to talk longer than half hour, but we'll cut it off at an hour if we make it that long. But an hour is a hard stop. So <clears throat> I already see one person requested to speak. So it looks like it's AG Leak. So I'll add him to speak. Um, so I'll say one last thing and I'll just kick it off and let AG uh, go first because he's requested to speak. Um, so has Cake Wallet. So I'll just say one thing that, um, let me just quote here. So there was a tweet today between TradeClaw and Eon BTC. TradeClaw said, I get blocked by Monero people for saying Bitcoin is a better store of value. And I get blocked by Bitcoin people for saying XMR, Monero, is better cash. I mean... What happened to the early days where we all were enthusiastic about developments in crypto space without toxic tribalism? And he said, this is good news, basically, that we're going to be doing this. And then the response from Eon BTC was, it's unfortunately human nature. Most people do not possess the rational mindset needed to observe these nuances. Inevitably, they descend into tribal religious fanaticism, despite any obvious benefits one may provide over another. So... With that, let's get started. Two people have requested to speak, AG Leaks and Cake Wallet. So let me add you guys. Okay, so so AG and Cake Wallet, I added you as speakers. So AG, you requested first, so you could go ahead and kick it off if you'd like. Just unmute yourself. Oh yeah, here we go, sorry about that. So clearly my handle is not AG Leaks on Twitter because I got censored by Twitter. I think part of why we're all here is the financial censorship aspect. And there's just some quibbling over, you know, privacy or, uh, you know, some bugs in Monero or whatever. Uh, I'm not here just for myself. I'm here to represent kind of not just the 3D gun community, which I really used to be a part of. Um, I'm also here to represent the darknet drug markets, which have also interested me. We just lost White House market either today or relatively recently. Uh, I just saw that in the news 
a couple of minutes before I came here. Um, whether it is, you know, whether Bitcoin is good for privacy or not, it was good during the Silk Roads days. And I think Monero is good today as well. I'm not against Bitcoin because Bitcoin made a lot of money for the 3D gun community. If we had used PayPal or Visa, we would have been we would have been kicked off of the financial system really quickly. So unfortunately, uh, it looks like, and this is not Bitcoin's fault or the developer's fault, it looks like Bitcoin, in my opinion, is being swallowed at the, or it's being nibbled away at the edges by the very entities that Bitcoin was made to fight. And uh, it looks like in terms of real radical activity, uh, Monero right now is where it's at. Uh, just some quick stats before I uh, give up speaking. Uh, of course, we have the Silk Road, but uh, also Austin of Atlas Arms got, I think, a couple thousand dollars in Monero, and that really helped him out. I got uh, Jay Stark, uh, RIP to my buddy. Uh, I got him $600 in Stellar Lumens, which I think we would all agree is a joke currency. And that had an actual tangible benefit on his life. It got him a new workspace and tools that he could use to help design the FGC9. So I think we I just don't look at um, protocols and you know fracturing of currencies. Look at what it's actually used for is just kind of my uh, the thing that I want everybody to think about. And uh, I'm going to give up speaking now. Thank you. Thanks, AG. Uh, good comments. I agree with you. Basically, you know, look at what it's actually used for. Look past the theory and the the cheerleading and the promises and theory. Just what's it used for? And and um, AG reminded me. He said you used to be a maximalist, and I and I was, and I would consider myself now more of a freedom maximalist, a peer to peer maximalist. And the reason why my my thinking has evolved is because. I'm an empiricist. My, my training is in medicine and science mostly um, and a little bit of finance. And so for me, if, if, if the, the results matter, the facts matter. And so Monero, like AG said, is you know used on darknet markets now as a preference usually to Bitcoin. So I'm just following up on AG. Um, so next, Cake Wallet, uh, you requested second. So why don't you go ahead and unmute yourself and you can um, add to AG or, or just uh, your own comments on Bitcoin and Monero. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm Justin from KQuallet. I, I recently started working at VP of Operations here. KQuallet is a free, open-source, non-custodial wallet for Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Monero. We started as a Monero uh, wallet to begin with, and we've moved to cover Bitcoin over time. And the reason why the idea for KQuallet came about is because the founder bought, um, you know, something on a darknet market. <laughs> which actually resulted in their Coinbase account getting shut down. And they've had other accounts closed by you know, other people too. And the individual, Vic uh, is the, the founder, he was like, okay, well, why, how did they know, right? How, how did Coinbase know that they, the payment went to this, this location? And started learning about Bitcoin and noticed that at the time, the only other cryptocurrency accepted by the darknet market was Monero. So he's like, okay, well, why is that? And did a lot of investigation and from there, it kicked off the birth of, of Cake Wallet, which was the first um, Monero mobile wallet for iOS. And now we're also on Android. So 
we very much like the you know the Venero and Bitcoin communities. Cakewalt was a sponsor of the Bitcoin Miami conference last year, for example. We really try to be present in both communities because they both have a lot of great things to go, you know, to show for it. But we are worried that on the Bitcoin space in the moment, the way that a lot of people are using Bitcoin is very, very subject to mass surveillance. So we have, you know, we're, we're pretty outspoken about the importance of privacy. And we like to see in the Monero community just such a such a good torch in our view. Um, they're, they're carrying this uh, very important privacy uh, forward in the cryptocurrency space that, that most other projects aren't doing. So again, we're involved in both the Bitcoin and the Monero ecosystems, but we very much consider privacy to be the most important thing. And, and we're, we're happy to contribute to both communities here. Hey, great to have you. Great to have you. Uh, good comments to hear about what you guys uh, have built and the origin story. I, um, I actually didn't know that story. So that was, that was very good. Thanks for being here. Um, let's see next up. So we also have Eon, uh, you were, I think next, so you could go ahead and mute yourself and I see Kayla and, uh, rotten the wheel. So Eon, go, go ahead and unmute yourself and jump in. Hey guys, thanks for hosting this. Yeah. I just wanted to, uh, just kind of reflect some of the experiences I had and cause I've always been a Bitcoin proponent, always understood the nuance, you know, small blocker. It's not about transactions per second. It's about security. It's about decentralization. And what made me realize that Monero was really coming into prominence was its um, adoption among what are often referred to as darknet markets, but I like to refer to them as free markets because they're really the only inherently free markets running right now. And I started seeing Monero getting adopted in some of the sites um, that one of the other speakers mentioned, like White House Market was Monero only. And when they launched, they were told, oh, there's, you, you can't succeed with a Monero-only uh, market. You're never going to succeed. And went on to become one of the biggest markets on the darknet. And they shut down on their own accord. They, you know, essentially the only way to really get out of a darknet market is either exit scam, get caught by the feds, or just shut down willingly on your own accord. So they chose the third option, which is very noble on their part because the other two options are really one super risky and one just destroys reputations. So, but yeah, I saw Monero getting adopted widely on those darknet markets and there's other markets now that are Monero only and growing in popularity. And so what I see is that the free market, there's legitimate demand here. And it makes sense that, you know, this doesn't have to compete with Bitcoin store value. There's no claim that Monero is a better store of value. There never was a claim that that was the case. It was just like, all right, we're focused on privacy. This is what we're looking to do. And these people on darknet markets have the most skin in the game. Like the Bitcoin, you know, toxic maximalists who just say, oh, it's shitcoin. It's not going to go anywhere. They don't have skin in the game with these markets where they're actually creating a, a, a service and trying to, you know, provide someone with a medication that they might not be able to get or um, a psychedelic substance that might help with depression. These things that people are, you know, doing. And then another point was just that, uh, like, if for people know that Samurai mentioned a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, that they were going to integrate atomic swaps from Monero in their wallet. And they got a bunch of heat for it for the same reason, because of the tribalism, because of the fanaticism. And it's like, hey, this is a useful tool. And on the other hand, it also creates demand for Bitcoin block space. When you have a Bitcoin Monero atomic swap happening, you're creating demand 
for Bitcoin block space, which is a huge plus for Bitcoin. And so at this point, you know, I've had Maxis block me just for bringing up this, these kind of points and it gets old, but it's good to see there's other people out there looking at it rationally. And I've come to call myself a Bitcoin rationalist rather than a maximalist. And so that's all I'm not. Thanks, Thanks Ian. Again. Those are uh, those are great comments. So, so a lot of your comments was focusing on the you know darknet markets, whatever you want to call them, and um, you know that's how Bitcoin got started in the early days, right? Was Silk Road, and I think nothing has done more for Bitcoin than Silk Road, whether people like it or not. And I I, I would stand by that that it still has nothing has done more for Bitcoin than Silk Road, um, because it really proved it was skin in the game. That's another thing you brought up was skin in the game. That until you have skin in the game of doing something, your your opinion I, I don't think matters as much because when you have skin in the game, that's when you actually know if something works and if it's useful and if the, if it has value. You know, there's a lot of discussion about value in Bitcoin. Well, I, I think if you use something, you're demonstrating its value. Um, so those are my two comments. Uh, let's switch over. I'll, let's see this uh, JFK, the guy with the JFK avatar. I can't see your name, but go ahead. Howdy, thank you. Long time listener, first time caller here. I got a lot to say on this topic, and I'm glad that you uh, allowed me this time to speak. I'll uh, try to trim it down just to get to the real meat of what I got to say here. A couple things. First off, uh, going back little ways, uh, White House market went down not too recently, but uh, recent enough. And uh, like uh, the other uh, caller had said, uh, he's a... Uh, thinks it's a pretty noble move, and I, I personally got to agree. But one thing I got to say here is that we're not here to champion dark markets, and we're not here to champion illegal purchases, whatever those might be in whichever country you're in. We're here to promote freedom. And the freedom of privacy, the freedom to evade digital surveillance, the freedom to evade a mass surveillance state is why which is what all brings us here, which what unites all of us. I think the most important part of that is that we're all looking and supporting and uh, actively searching for new methods to maintain privacy. Privacy is uh, by far the most scarce resource besides time that we're all probably going to have in our lifetimes. And it's important, and I urge all of you to uh, check out the Monero websites and the uh, Seth for Privacy is a great one. He promotes a lot of uh, protocols and proposals that Monero, Monero should imp implement uh, to improve the network, improve your privacy. Uh, at the end of the day, all cryptocurrencies besides Monero, some will say Zcash, but I'm not sold on Zcash at all, are, are essentially just tools of a surveillance state because if they're basic, they're a digital ledger. If you can give me a Bitcoin address, I can tell you how much money you have and who you've ever sent money to and who's ever sent money to you. And that's the beautiful thing about Monero. And if we're going to move to an alternative currency, that's really the one thing that nobody wants. I mean... Nobody wants their neighbor or somebody that they're going to loan money to to know who's been sending them money and how much money they have and who they've been giving money to. Uh, so we're all united here by our privacy and what unites us makes us stronger. And I just really would urge everyone to check out the different uh, projects Monero has going on and support the network, donate to the causes that are going to improve the privacy of the network. And just remember that we're not here to talk about drugs. We're not here to talk about uh, ways to uh, get illegal things. We're here to promote privacy. And in doing that, we allow other thoughts, opinions, and viewpoints and perspectives to come in and share what they have. And 
if that means 3D printed guns uh, on the internet, who is the right to stop you from having that? No one. If that means um, being able to use a currency that anybody can accept, even if they're peddling food or drugs, uh, who the hell is to say that you can't do that? So what makes us stronger? Privacy. Most scarce resource that we have besides time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Go Packers. <laughs> Great comments. Yeah, and I agree. We're not we're not uh, here to you know promote uh, these these markets. We're just stating facts that they are um, they demonstrate what Bitcoin Monero can and can't do. And I think what we should uh, discuss now is you know is Monero shitcoin? Why is it? Why is it not? Um, why is it something that uh, a hardcore Bitcoiner should be interested in? What are the advantages of Monero over Bitcoin? So if anyone wants to speak to that, um, feel free to jump in or raise your hand. Um, if not, I, I have some things I could I could say, but want to get other people a chance. So well, I just, just go ahead and jump in. I just say it's the only coin that's a non it's the only coin with fungibility. And that's one of the solid principles of a solid economy, a solid currency. Is being fungible and it's the only digital currency that does that so i that immediately for me takes it out of the shit coin running will always be a major coin in my opinion because it's the only coin that is fungible and that's all i'll say because i use my time gianic go ahead thanks a lot and uh thanks ragnar for for setting this up it's really appreciated by the way you blocked me for shilling monero to you Two, two or three years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, oh, well, anyway, I, I've learned. I've learned. I I, I I block so many people. I, I can't keep track of who I block and why. But uh, I apologize for that. No, not not at all. And I'm glad you're on board now. Um, so, just in terms of the benefits of Monero over Bitcoin, which is what you brought up, um, and going back to what um, I think Eon said about uh, Bitcoin being a better store of value. Some people would argue that um, people actually prefer to hold their savings or their, the value that they've you know, accumulated uh, privately. And it's actually to your detriment if everyone knows how much money you have stashed away. So it's great that Bitcoin has worked this way over the past 10 years and the value has um, increased, but it's not really a guarantee. And you really need a use case um, for a currency to continue to increase in value. And Bitcoin um, needs to have transactions on the chain, um, even just for the fee market to work, which is what Satoshi envisioned is there's going to be, hey, there's going to be these thousands and millions of transactions. And that's how we're going to secure the network. And it looks like that's not going to be happening. And all of that's going to be moving to layer two. So what happens with layer one security and how does the chain get um, secured once the block reward runs out? That's that's one of my issues with Bitcoin is that's. That's an unknown right now. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But with Monero, that issue doesn't exist. So if I'm storing money for the next 50, 100 years, that's probably the bet I'm going to take is Monero uh, has that figured out. And Bitcoin is betting on this unknown fee market developing, which hasn't happened yet. Okay. So your argument for Monero and against Bitcoin, I guess you would say, is the fee market and sort of the uncertainty of what happens as the as the block mining reward decreases and eventually reaches functionally zero, um, that that's a risk. Yeah, exactly. And the other argument is that holding value uh, long term, requires you don't want to broadcast um, how much Bitcoin you have stashed away. 
So to me, at least, Monero is a better store of value, um, judging by that criteria. Okay, so so bringing up store value, which which is obviously a, a big function of Bitcoin, is a different way to look at store value is, well, what happens to the value in if there's not the fees to support the network? And also, uh, I can't remember if you said it or someone else said it, if people know how much you have, is is that a good value? Is that a good value proposition? So, okay, good comment. Anyone else could, could jump in? Otherwise, I could also read. Yeah. Go I ahead. I agree with Giannik on this. Um, actually, the store of value. I mean, you guys, if you collect guns or gold or 3D printers or whatever you value, would you store it publicly? I wouldn't. I see my fucking guns. <laughs> yeah, so that's that, that's a huge issue. Um, another advantage Monero has is uh, the random X, you know, mining decentralization. Anyone can mine Monero. It's so simple and easy and accessible. And that's going to keep growing. And um, as a result, Monero becomes more and more decentralized. Um, the fee is also little to nothing. I mean, it's 0 0.003 right now. Uh, so I think you mentioned earlier that you think that utility is important. And I agree with that. Utility drives value. And that's what Monero has as opposed to Bitcoin, where no one is really using Bitcoin other than for speculative reasons um, and dusting their ledger. And there's a bunch of like uh, institutional investment that can at any given time, you know, Elon Musk and Sailor, and they can just wake up go for a breakfast four or five of them and decide to sell their bitcoin and the next day the whole market will crash whereas monero is growing organically you can see the numbers from travala.com you can see how uh, darknet markets are adopting it and you know you can ask douglas if he comes on you know how much how much uh, acceptance is happening with like small business owners as well Okay, Rotten, go ahead. Uh, it, it's perfect that Monero is fungible and it's private on-chain, uh, but a, a lot of the arguments that I'm hearing miss a point. Uh, you can transact in Bitcoin pri fairly privately, and it does not matter that it's a public blockchain, because if you acquired your UTXOs, your coins, through KYC-free on-ramps, there is no attachment to your actual name of those coins to begin with. Uh, then if you use Samurai Wallet, you can mix those coins and you can do post mix spends and it's fairly private. I want to tackle that issue. Uh, just playing devil's advocate. I, I of course appreciate the fungibility aspect of, of Monero, but a lot of Monero people uh, fail to see that you can, uh, I, I won't say that it's the same level of privacy because it is not, but you can remain fairly private if you use KYC free coins and if you mix those coins prior to your spends. It, it's something that they don't, they don't see. They just get uh, entrapped with uh, calling it out because it's a public ledger and they don't uh, jump on the bank wagon on the importance of of 
uh, advocating for parallel economies and to foster the KYC free acquaintance of the coins. And, and just to finish it up, uh, there is a lot of Monero heads that do acquire Monero on KYC compliant on ramps and that's shooting themselves in their foots and they don't know. They just, they just say, they just claim, but I don't care. The chain is anonymous, but the record of the purchase is not on the blockchain. It's in the database of that on-ramp. It belongs to the authorities, not to the blockchain. So, so you need to calm down a little bit on that. Okay, those are good points. And I'm glad that you said that because Bitcoin does actually have um, some pretty good privacy, different than Monero. So let's go. A lot of people have raised their hand. So let's go Cake Wallet. And then I think JFK Avatar. And then I think it's Nate. And then Monero something. So Cake Wallet, you go first and then in that order. Okay, thank you. I, I definitely agree that you can use Bitcoin privately. Like that is definitely something that people can do. I think the difference is Monero is built with the assumptions that you don't need to be an expert. You don't even need to put in any substantial effort to get a very high base level amount of privacy. And the Monero vision really isn't building a tool for one super cool expert in a corner. It's building a system that itself protects the lowest common denominator. So sure, uh, Bitcoin can be used super, super privately. It's definitely possible and people certainly succeed in using it that way. But with Monero, any idiot can pick up any non-custodial wallet anywhere and they have just out of the box a very very cheap fast effective privacy tool that has all the fungibility guarantees and so going back really briefly to your question is monero a shitcoin or not i mean monero has more private transactions than all of the bitcoin mixing combined all the ethereum mixing combined all the other privacy coins combined so on what measure can you really call it a shitcoin if it's what people actually use for their privacy? So, sure, people can use Bitcoin privately, but by and large, Monero, even as small as it is compared to Bitcoin, is still what people predominantly use for transacting privately. And I think that's really, really interesting. Okay. I think, JFK, you're next. Yeah, I just I parroted everything that Justin said, but one thing that he left out was, yes, Bitcoin can be used privately now, through non-KYC coins, but that is not lasting and that every single day that can just that ability to transact privately on Bitcoin just gets lower and lower and lower as more, more coins enter the KYC system and more coins are uh, being tracked. Uh, every single day, your ability to transact privately on Bitcoin uh, goes down more and more. Where on Monero, it, every single day, it's going the opposite direction. It gets better and better. And you just got to keep supporting the network, keep supporting privacy protocols. Okay. I think Nate, uh, I can't see your full name. Nate, I think you're up next. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, I mean, just when we're talking comparing Monero to Bitcoin, um, I, I have a huge respect for privacy advocates. Like, I have a huge respect for privacy advocates. And I came into Bitcoin through, you know, dark web marketplaces. But the fact of the matter is, and I'm not going to be disrespectful, Monero is not decentralized. Comparing it to Bitcoin's decentralization is just not even, it's, con, it's extremely centralized. Uh, the way they can change the algorithm, I mean, it's, it's just, 
is completely centralized. It's it's extremely centralized. That, that's all I got. No, that's a fair point. I mean, decentralization is a foundation for kind of everything. And so um, you might have the best tech, but if, if it's centralized, then you just need to compromise maybe a few people and and introduce things. So decentralization is kind of a big topic and sometimes it's hard to define. I think it is. But I, I think we can say Bitcoin is more decentralized. I don't think that's, I mean, maybe people have an issue with that. But okay, next up, let's go to Monero, the Groiper avatar. Uh, you're up next. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's uh, very late in uh, my country. So um, for all people uh, want to further about uh, privacy, I just want to say uh, one thing. Stop using uh, HTTPS. Start uh, to be um, hacked uh, every time. Start uh, to um, get doxxed always start to get uh, spied uh, every time start uh, to be see uh, every time every uh, every excuse me but uh, this is the problem see if you don't want the privacy start to be um, fully uh, transparent and you will uh, understand uh, why you need privacy. That's all. Okay, those were good comments. And I think uh, privacy goes beyond just a coin. It's also your other habits online, uh, whether it's using Tor or uh, you know uh, uh, other things. It's not just the coin. Um, so let's open it up. We've got some people who request to be speakers. Uh, Douglas, I see you out there. Uh, couple other people i see ag leaks is back so anyone want to jump in can jump in hey good hey guys yeah i just want to thank you for doing this first of all um you know not that you're doing it for anybody but uh it's just it's just nice to see that you are doing it uh i feel like the best thing i can do here is just kind of shut my mouth and let you guys keep talking because you're saying everything that i i like to hear people or with dream of hearing people say that aren't already uh, Bitcoin maxis. So it's nice to see um, people approaching Monero with an open mind that may be Bitcoin first uh, that are considering it. I, I was once a, a Bitcoin maxi and I don't like to call myself Monero maxi, but if I'm going to be labeled as that, I might as well just uh, settle for it. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, was a BTC maxi to begin with and uh, you know, I, I've, I found Monero through what I saw as being its flaws, uh, primarily the fungibility. Um, in terms of decentralization, I'll let, I think a bunch of other people maybe should jump in and give you some good reasons as to why Monero is arguably as decentralized as Bitcoin and uh, at least architected in a way where it could potentially be as or if not more end up being more decentralized than Bitcoin because of its architecture. Uh, maybe it's a little earlier in its growth, uh, so it's not it hasn't reached that level of decentralization yet, but there's no reason why it can't reach Bitcoin's level and not surpass it. And to really, you know, think about what, you know, decentralization is a means to an end, uh, the end being the ability to transact 
without censorship and the ability to uh, make sure you know your your funds are never confiscated. Uh, that's that's really the goal. Decentralization is just the you know the the only means we have towards achieving that. And I think when you really look more at at the goal overall, um, Monero does things in a lot of ways that adds to the ability uh, for a cryptocurrency to be censorship resistant and unconfiscatable. So those are the things that I would throw in there. Thanks again, guys. This is awesome. Thanks, Douglas. Uh, Ian, were you going to speak? And then Rotten, you have your hand up. So Ian, were you going to go? And then Rotten. Yeah, I was trying to put my hand up. I don't know, Android, it's not working on Android or something. But yeah, just to make a few comments on the Monero side and on the Bitcoin side with someone earlier mentioned like, you know, the cheap fees on Monero. And the thing is, it's the reason there's cheap fees is still because it's not, there's not a huge amount of demand on the blockchain. And any blockchain that has sufficient demand is going to get higher fees. And then it's going to deal with block size problems and you go down that road. So if Monero does get, substantial adoption it will have to deal with higher fees it's just how these networks and protocols operate and then on the side of monero with the decentralization and or that it's completely centralized um the last work they did was in 20 hard fork they did was in 2016 with the random x they switched the algorithm to random x and from what i've gathered it's more so the sense that they've from the beginning they kind of wanted this project to be asic resistant and so the hard forks that happened up until then were to find an algorithm that helped keep the project asic resistant and so since 2016 there hasn't been a hard fork on monero and i feel like that hard fork went through easily because it was you know in the agreements with the community that that was one of the goals of monero was to keep it kind of cpu based mining good points good points uh rotten did you want to go yeah, real quick. Um, I I think the main reason behind uh, Bitcoin Maxis claiming that Monero is centralized is that they despise, vehemently despise the word hard fork. And the main reason behind that is that uh, with Bitcoin Core and Blockstream, we have uh, for years engaged in this campaign of uh, any software improvements need to be uh, implemented via soft fork, uh, mainly because they they want for early adopters, early users, not to have to break their not their nodes and their wallets in order for them to transact. They want to preserve that usability for all their users. And of course, uh, there is also the rampant narrative of making Bitcoin digital gold so if it's constantly evolving like monero is it, it loses that that trade of of um being being as it was years ago that compatibility um i i i don't quite agree that it's centralized uh i think it's a very nuanced uh topic uh, of course, it, the main reason behind uh, hard forks is that uh, they they try so hard to make the network ASIC resistant because they claim, or we claim, uh, uh, that um, ASICs are centralization. So as you can see, both sides are going to call each other centralized. And 
you just need to draw your own conclusions after you do your own research, I guess. Um, actually, I, I don't think Random X Hartford was back in 2016. I think it was in 2019, uh, just a little correction there. There has not been a, a, a Hartford since, precisely because there has not been a proof that the ASICs are back in the network. So there is no need for us to, to do another uh, hard fork, even though uh, there is going to be a hard fork in a month or two um, to actually bump the ring size to improve uh, the anonymity, the privacy in the network. Um, and all of those decisions, all of those discussions happen on IRC and matrix, they're open to the public. It reaches a consensus after a few meetings, and then we engage in the hard fork. So I, I don't necessarily agree that it's centralized because A, the discussions are in the open public. Anybody can go and read and participate if they have anything meaningful to contribute to the discussion. Uh, B, because every, every single hard fork, there is a code freeze, there is some lose consensus and then it happens. So there is no, I don't know, conversations behind doors that enforce something that nobody's expecting. Everything is publicly available and everybody can is welcome to, to join the discussion. Um, so again, both sides are going to call each other centralized. The ones that, that claim that Bitcoin is centralized because ASICs and uh, then we engage in that long-standing discussion that ASIC manufacturers um, keep the miners for a couple months mined with those ASICs and then doom them on the market so they're already used. Uh, not only that, but the, the hardware that they are shipping, they are hard-coded to just exclusively mine Bitcoin. They cannot be used or repurposed for anything else. And, well... Uh, bef before China mine, uh, banned uh, mining Bitcoin, it, most of the hash rate was in China. Now it's being distributed all over the world because miners are relocating. So it's becoming yet more decentralized from that perspective. And Monero is, is approaching it from the perspective of if you got a CPU, uh, you can mine. So it's more commoditized. It's easier for anybody to jump in and, and start contributing to the network hash rate than it is for Bitcoin. So it's a lot of trade-offs and you just need to do your own research and draw your own conclusions. It's, it's nobody has the absolute truth in this. Yeah, good point. So basically what you're saying is that is it we're talking about centralization is bitcoin centralized is monero, monero centralized and your argument is that if you're going to say bitcoin is centralized you might point towards the mining and the fact that asics are what you use to mine uh with monero you might say well the hard forks show that it's centralized but it's a nuanced argument and neither there's there's counter arguments to that so um, anyone can jump in um, on this topic or can move it to a different aspect. Uh, yeah, if I could, uh, really quickly, I'd like to talk about uh, kind of why cryptocurrencies have utility, and it's because of those supposed illegal uses. Because somebody would risk their skin 
to use Bitcoin back in the day. Now, granted, our enemies, and I say our enemies because they are all our enemies, uh, did not know or fully understand or appreciate how to utilize Bitcoin as basically flip it on its head and make it uh, arguably a surveillance tool. I'm not going to call it a surveillance tool, but I, it's, the argument could be made. Um, I don't think you get that with Monero. But uh, the fact that the drug markets are using it, I think, is important. And uh, I think all cryptocurrencies have a sort of normization that happens to them. And uh, I, unfortunately, I think that's, that's it's evident it's happening with Bitcoin. And anybody with a pulse can see that. But um, it's going to take a while for that to happen with, with Monero. So in terms of, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a cryptocurrency expert. But just in terms of share utility, I think right now Monero is where it's at, and uh, the the ends on Bitcoin are being controlled by the government. So anyway, yeah, I just I just wanted to say that illegality is important because it's what gave Bitcoin its utility. So anyway, uh, that's all I got to say for now. Also, uh, to add to that, I agree. I mean, Bitcoin is a perfect surveillance tool. And uh, privacy is really, um, if, if you think about it, just the value of it. Like if you want to finish this sentence, private school, private plane, private road, pri you know, private money is something that has always been valued. I mean, we just seen the um, uh, Pandora Papers. What was it called? Pandora Papers. Uh, that Panama uh, Papers. Know, no, the other one, the, the one that just been discovered um, with a bunch of presidents and um, celebrities were hiding their, their money. So I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, Monero is the Swiss bank of crypto. And even the word cryptocurrency, the word crypto comes from Greek and it means hidden. And there's nothing hidden about Bitcoin. Well, I also think there's something to be said about why the government hasn't adopted Bitcoin if it is such a good surveillance tool, because the blockchain is a ledger of everything that's happening. But if the government does adopt that, that means that they also would have to hold themselves accountable and they would also have to be held accountable for all of their transactions that were happening. So... I'm not making a case for something being open and not private, but it is something to think about. If it is such a good surveillance tool, then why bring a CBDC into the picture? You know, what, what would be someone who is for Monero, what would be their argument for why the government hasn't just adopted Bitcoin and ran with it? Because it is such a good surveillance tool because there are ways, you know, mixing your coins using non-KYC Bitcoin. So what would be the argument on the other side of that? They don't have to adopt it. They just have to co-opt it. And they can't print more of Bitcoin. That's the major reason. Yeah, because they don't just want a surveillance tool. Like that's not enough for the government. They want automatic tax. They want... Uh, you know, certain programs, like they want to program it from A to Z, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to, and they already started 
censoring Bitcoin in ways, for example, if you use the coin join, they can just uh, not accept that Bitcoin on any regulated exchange or they can blacklist any given address. So it's like it's a slip slope because all these Bitcoins will Bitcoin is technically regulatory in a regular forking into a clean regular or tainted Bitcoin. Well, I was wondering, um, so for our uh, Barums and Bitcoin conference, uh, which we're going to release the details hopefully soon, any day now, um, we're going to have a talk by Seth for, uh, what's his username, Seth for privacy, and he's going to give kind of a Monero one-on-one talk. I'm wondering um, if you guys have suggestions for him, what you'd like to hear, um, and then if you guys would want to hear maybe a second talk or a panel or something, maybe um, in that realm of if if anyone has any uh, suggestions on that. I mean, clearly I'm realizing there's a demand for Monero debate, if nothing else, if not knowledge and and, um, and such. So I'm considering expanding beyond Seth Seth's talk, if there's demand, if not, we'll just keep it at one. Um, but any any comments on that and what you wanna see? I, um, go ahead. I, I would propose a panel between somebody advocating for Bitcoin and somebody advocating for Monero. And of course, you you need somebody to to run the panel. But I I, I will strongly suggest just to to have Seth uh, in a single talk, but also bring a panel. So so you have a debate between two or three or four participants and somebody that is moderating the panel. Maybe yourself. That that will look good. I think it it will look if if not. I don't know. Great, it would look at least unbiased. Like I'm, I'm trying to bring people from both sides so we can watch an actual proper debate and people can sit down. And of course, uh, best case scenario, nobody throws chairs at anybody. But uh, that's that's kind of a high ask here. I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I'm just got to find the right people to argue uh, both sides. Uh, but that's a great idea. I'll have to look into that. I just want to quickly say, Seth is very good. And, you know, in, in my personal view, and, and he's a good uh, supporter of Cake Wallet, and I think he's a fantastic contribution to your conference. Hey, Thanks. when is this conference happening? Uh, we haven't released the date yet, but uh, it's it'll be early April and we, we've got the venue secure. We have everything. We're just waiting on one or two things and any day now we'll, we'll release it. I have the webpage already set up to go public. Um, I've already reached out to, I think 12 speakers already lined up. We already have a few, but um, I just wish I could share everything right now, but just hold tight. So hopefully within a week we'll have it uh, public. Amazing. We're, we're doing a, a Monerotopia conference as well in Miami, uh, April 7th, so on the whale day of the Bitcoin conference. So if you guys are around in Miami for that, uh, please yeah. let us know. Maybe we could have you uh, involved in that as well. Yeah, it'll it'll be that, that week. Uh, I can't say the exact day yet, but it'll be that week. So I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, this is Douglas, right? Yeah, yeah, we'd love to have you. Okay, yeah, Douglas. So I'll keep that in mind and then maybe uh, shoot you a message and see if there's something we can do. I think in terms of content, one thing that we see regularly because we want Cakewall to be super, super easy to use is that if someone 
wants to use Monero and has the lowest level of sophistication, they're probably going to be drawn to something with an easy UX. And when it comes to Bitcoin privacy, you're probably going to have a lot of people who are willing to attend a sort of Monero versus Bitcoin debate on privacy who are willing to put in a substantial amount of effort and who feel that they might be sophisticated enough to go against certain forms of surveillance. Maybe they go through pretty significant mixing processes. Maybe they're always using Tor, all those sorts of things. And I think that at least one thing that, that powers us is that we want to make sure that privacy isn't just a conversation for people who are incredibly uh, involved in that process. It needs to be something that is also available to people who don't think that same way. And maybe if you ask them if they would want all their transaction information to be public, might say no. But don't realize that in the moment, and um, that that you know difficulty about you know remembering that there are other types of users who want privacy but don't want to spend a lot more money to spend transactions, or who uh, you know several mixing rounds, or those who don't want to uh, spend several days to mix, or who want don't want to um, put in a, a substantial amount of effort um, are. You know, they might not be the same type of members than, than would be present in the room, and it's important for that they deserve privacy too. Okay, yeah. So I think I think focusing on UX, focusing on you know making it doable for anyone is important. I think I think that's kind of goes against Bitcoin a little bit in terms of privacy. You know, coin joining Samurai Wallet's great. I mean, they're kind of the leaders with coin joining. Um, but it's still, you know, it's not super easy. It's not, it's not like push button, and and they've done a great job of making it simplified and streamlined. But it's, it's, you know, it's an extra step for sure. There's, there's extra things to learn. And so, kind of the big picture we're talking about of Bitcoin versus Monero. How do they go together? Pros and cons. I would say there's a bit of a challenge there. Now, um, Samurai Wallet spoke uh, at this year's conference. Um, he's returning again, so we're going to hear from Samurai Wallet and about coin joining. So we'll have plenty of that. But in terms of, yeah, I think that's an important point about user experience and how easy it is to have privacy. Ragnar, if I may, uh, just poke you a little bit. Uh, you said initially that you had some thoughts around Monero being a shitcoin or not. Do you mind telling us? Oh, yeah, no, it was. I was just asking a question because, um, so I don't want to get personal with certain people, but a couple of people said it was a shitcoin that I'm a shitcoiner. Um, I completely disagree with that. I mean, Monero is not a shit coin, but if someone thinks it is, we'd be happy to hear from them and say why they think it is. It seems like this is a more Monero friendly crowd. It seems like, but maybe people are afraid to speak up. But um, Rotten Will, that was just my shit comment. Coin. Yeah. Okay. So let's hear why is it a shit coin. Let's 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 hear. Let's give the 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 lady some space and let's let's hear why it could be a shit coin. Well, I obviously don't know enough about it as much as this panel does, but I just don't understand why you would be against Bitcoin and for Monero. I'm having a hard time justifying why you would be all one way, all towards Monero and not towards Bitcoin. Bitcoin has been co-opted. That's why. So for my uses and the uses of some people that I associate with, uh, I don't think Bitcoin is... a it was a good idea at one time, but I just don't think it is anymore. It's like 
it's like thinking 3D printing is stuck in the Liberator in 2013, you know, and that we've we've never evolved beyond that. We have printed semi-auto guns now. If we had just stuck with this dogged sense of having 100% 3D printed, uh, the community would not have evolved. And I think it's evolved in a good way. And I think that Monero will, in niche use cases, will say not buying coffee or whatever normies do with it but in niche use cases it is going to monero and that's a good thing but it doesn't matter what the government has done with it because you can't stop the signal of it so it doesn't matter what they try to do with it it's gonna keep burning on well clancy i think you ha you have a good point and to me i don't see how someone could be Here's my my opinion for whatever it's worth. I don't think someone could be against Bitcoin and against Monero. I think they both have their use cases and their pros and their cons. And I think it's just a matter of people getting maximum knowledge, including myself, about both and the trade-offs and actually getting hands-on experience with them. Because like uh, Halloween, uh, well, actually it was Saturday, I went over to my friend's house who I've known for 20 years and he started asking me about Bitcoin. And it was kind of a hard conversation because he, I guess I was doing a bad job explaining it. So I'm just going to give him some Bitcoin to use. So Clancy, I think to, to what you were saying, to me, I can't understand what people are against. If you're Monero, I can't understand why you're against Bitcoin. If you're for Bitcoin, I can't understand why you're against Monero. To me, they work together. But if, if you see it differently or if someone else sees it differently, I'd like to, to hear from that. I guess I'm having a hard time understanding why you would want Monero uh, to be your um, store value. I mean, it's it's centralized. So you, why, why you know the you know the whole uh, losing your keys in a boating accident meme. That applies right. to Monero. It doesn't apply to Bitcoin. Mm, I disagree. I'm having no. He's right because. Even if you lose your keys with Bitcoin and say, oh, I don't own those, they still can see if the Bitcoin moves. Then they're like, oh, well, obviously you own those Bitcoin. But what Monero. if you wash it? Well, yeah, if you wash it, but then they say, why'd you send your Bitcoin to a mixer? Well, you washed Monero. them, then you lost them. How many washers have been shown to be scams? No, but who, who loses money but isn't able to point out what coins they lost? Like, I lost coins, but also I didn't know which ones I had. <laughs> in Monero's case, you could be like, this is my address without all the funds. And not that I would advocate this, but of course, but like, you wouldn't know if the funds moved. Or these are the specific outputs I held, and I lost them. You wouldn't know if they were truly ever spent at any point in time. Bitcoin is totally different. So that's why when, like, I'm a moderator of the cryptocurrency subreddit, and the joke about Voting accidents is almost exclusively about Monero nowadays. <laughs> so if I wash my keys, uh, if I wash my coins and lose my keys, you're saying that my coins aren't lost? Well, I'm just think, saying, of all, like, think of all those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if, if you end up with output A and you say, hey, I had output A, but I, I lost it, right? But then it moves at time T plus one, then... It's probably not a very compelling argument, for example. So, okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, okay, listen, I'm not like, I'm not the person who understands this the best. But what if I like had my Bitcoin and then I bought Monero with my Bitcoin and then I like broke the chain analysis because of that. And then I bought back that same amount 
in that Bitcoin from Monero, I bought that Bitcoin back, then what happens to that? That that's pretty. Does that make sense? Th yeah, that's the workflow you're going to get once atomic swaps get more. I don't know. You eye candy, and it's easier to do. But that's essentially what you would do. But then, once you go back to the Bitcoin chain, you don't know where those coins are coming from. They could easily come from a KYC compliant on ramp, or they could come from darknet. Uh, they, they could be dark near UTXO and you end up with a hot potato, so to speak. So it's hard to decipher whether you're getting quotation mark good coins versus quotation mark bad coins. And that's the main issue with with a non-fungible chain that you, it, it, unless you work for chain analysis or something like that, you cannot know whether you're getting good or bad coins and that good or bad coins or taint whatever narrative of course is only spoken if you if you deal with compliant on ramps but if you foster parallel economies like guns and bitcoin and samurai and the anarchists uh, like to uh propose to advocate for then you don't need to worry because you're only transacting peer to peer. You don't care about what regulators or private entities say. You, you, you just use Bitcoin and that's it. There is no taint, there is nothing. Now, if you want to protect yourself further, then you, you coin join those coins. But yeah, if too long didn't read, you can break the chain heuristics by going to Monero and then coming back there is going to be the doubt that you don't know where those coins come from. But they weren't your coins, so would it matter? Well, no matter what you do, um, there's there's still history there. So that's why Bitcoin essentially isn't fungible. So you can jump through as many hoops as you as you want, but you're there's still a history attached to that coin, and that's the main issue because it just creates inefficiency. Uh, for all these reasons that you're talking, well, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? Sure, you could do those things, but it's inefficient to do so because it's expensive for you to do it. Right, I'm just trying it, to... And I'm it's gonna... inefficient in terms of just a transaction network uh, where there is this potential to look at histories attached to transactions uh, as opposed to a system where every unit is completely fungible and that that option doesn't even exist. So is it a possible to achieve privacy in Bitcoin if you do certain things right? It is, but you have to realize there'll always be histories attached and those histories create uh, essentially a non-fungible network. Okay. Well, we have good, good things, Douglas, for the follow-up on that. And I think that's a key point. You know, fungibility could be, we could talk about fungibility for an hour. So I want to wrap this up here in the next minute or two, try to keep it at an hour. So I just want to close off with your guys' thoughts on what uh, we can do with Guns and Bitcoin to kind of foster more knowledge about Monero and Bitcoin and the pros and cons of both. So any kind of closing comments uh, for us, uh, what, what, we can, what we can do? I would say try to make a user guide for being private with Monero versus a user guide for being private with Bitcoin and see what they look like and see what the big differences are. <laughs> Or I like how we're having an open discussion about it and we can have people talking to both sides. Because I think 
just because it can be a turnoff when you have these people come up and say, you know, that's Monero or nothing. Yeah, Andy, I just uh, approved you. So, Andy, if you want to jump in, go ahead. But um, yeah, Clancy, it's a turnoff and it's just not um, intellectually honest to say, you know, Bitcoin is it or Monero is it or anything else is it. it it's a nuanced discussion. So I agree with you. Andy, did you want to jump in before we end out? Yeah, um, I just want to kind of say what some other people have been saying. I really love this discussion and, you know, some sort of a panel where we can have a debate between some really well-spoken individuals would be amazing to see. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think a, a, a debate or at least a panel discussion is, is, is I'll add that. Um, just got to find the right, right people for it. But I think hearing both sides would be good. And I, I think panels are always just fun anyways. They're more dynamic. So I'll work on that. I'll probably put the word out for anyone who wants to volunteer for that job. And it won't be adversarial. It'll just be, okay, well, you, you know, you tell me the counter argument to this and what's the pro of that. And, you know, let's go through fungibility. Let's go about go through decentralization. You know, let's go through proof of things. Let's go through hard forks. Let's go through mining. Let's go through all these things. And I think it, it's something I would definitely want to listen to. So um, good point, Andy. Any final uh, comments or questions uh, before we close it out? Yeah, I would just reiterate to advocate for the nuance in the discussion because when you lose that nuance you just fall into that fanaticism and you know i advocate for both bitcoin and monero i think they both serve a purpose and they both complement each other and furthermore they both you know consume resources from the state you know if you just have bitcoin out there and no other like if you can just ban and delete every other altcoin then you, all the resources of the state can focus on you know, trying to regulate Bitcoin or trying to create whitelists or all these other things. When you have Monero out there, when you have all these other shit coins out there, because there are a lot of shit coins, don't get me wrong, but they're consuming resources from the state, the SEC, the CFTC. And so you're pretty much causing a denial of service against the resources of the state by having all these competing currencies out there. And in the end, it doesn't matter what people say about it. The free market's going to show the winners and losers. It's just people's egos get in the way and they want to say that theirs is the best, but we're going to know either way. All right. I think we'll end on that note. Good comments. Thanks everyone for, for coming to this Twitter space. It's our second one we've ever done. So we're still learning as we go, but I think we're going to do a panel um, again on Bitcoin, Monero, friends or enemies. And um, and this, I think, Douglas, you guys maybe might have been streaming this. Um, if you were, can you tell us how people could find it? Yeah, so we have it on Monero Talk. Uh, you'll find it on YouTube Monero Talk channel. It's been streaming there, and we'll obviously keep it up. Okay. Yeah, when you guys have it up, uh, if, if it's a recorded one, if you tweet it, we'll retweet it for people. Because I had a few people ask me if we were going to record it, but it's kind of hard to. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this Twitter space. Thanks a lot. And we'll be announcing more about our conference and we're going to have something on Monero. So thanks a lot. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Go to moneroandtalk.live slash subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.